verses, John 10, verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And that's really, but we are all capable, if we um, know God, we are all capable of hearing his voice. Blessed, Matthew 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Acts 2, verses 17 and 18, it says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And I said, so that means all of us. That means you. Okay, so I've been praying this this week. I've been praying my sons and daughters will prophesy. I've been praying that the young men in our church will see visions, our old men will dream dreams, and that all of us, men and women, um, God will pour out his spirit and we will prophesy. Okay, so my prayer really is from what I'm saying, but we just we want to see all of us, don't we, operating in the gifts of the spirit, all of us hearing God and stepping out more. Okay, next verse again then. So the language of the Holy Spirit, then I've kind of called it the language of the Holy Spirit, but I think it's something that we have to learn. So I don't actually think you have to be a Christian to hear God. Okay, Paul on the road to Damascus, he hated God. In fact, he was out to persecute Christians and the Holy Spirit came, didn't it? And he held, heard an audible voice, fell to the ground and heard an audible voice of God. Okay, Lots of um, other examples of uh, non-Christians have dreams about Jesus, don't they? God clearly appears to them and speaks to them. So don't we have to be a Christian to hear God? In fact, I think all of us probably heard God before we were Christians because he called us to himself, didn't we? And that's the Holy Spirit operating in us. And I was thinking about it, I was like, well, so if God can speak audibly, why doesn't he do that all the while? And I was thinking, well, actually, if I was walking down the road all the while and God was shouting at me as I was walking down the road and all of us walking around, actually wouldn't be particularly pleasant relationship with God, would it? So um, God wants to call us into relationship with him, doesn't it? So he wants us to pray, he wants us to read the Bible. I was thinking it's a bit like marriage. The longer you're married, maybe the easier it is to know what your husband's thinking. They might look at you across the room and you know what they're saying. You kind of, you get to know them, don't you? You get to know the way they speak to you, the things they like, they don't like, and you get to kind of grow in relationship with them. So I think often God is speaking to us and maybe we just need to tune in to what he's saying to us. Actually, in little ways, God might be speaking. We just need to tune in to the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to, I've not written a book, but I've brought a book with me. So Jack Deer, Surprised by the Voice of God, if you haven't read it, it's an amazing book. Okay. He talks about the Holy Spirit being a foreign language, like a foreign language. I'm not very good at foreign languages, but I like hearing the the voice of God. So it's like a foreign language that we need to learn, okay? And he says, actually, small children, sometimes when we get saved, people are really good at hearing God because suddenly it's a new thing and they hear God. And actually, we need to keep learning and growing in that, don't we? So um, you learn French at school, you go to France, standing in a patisserie or whatever, and you're ordering something for the first time. It's really scary, isn't it? It's like, what's your... You're going to get it right. You're going to say the right words. And he's saying it's a bit like that with the Holy Spirit. We have to make, we have to, you kind of, you know all the knowledge in your head, but actually the first time you prophesy or step out and do things, it's a a learning experience and we have to grow in that. So seamlessly, as if Jamie knew what I might talk about, I'm going to talk a little bit about our spiritual senses then. So he obviously got the kids to come up and and, and just look at um, some of our human senses, which I won't patronize you by going into what our five spiritual senses are, but... Have the next slide, John. Hebrews 5, verse 13 and 14 then said, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe or baby. But solid food belongs to those who are full of age, to those who by reason of their use have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. 
So it's that end bit, really, that we want to look at. So we've had their senses exercised. So we've used our senses, we've exercised them so we can discern good and evil, so we can begin to hear God and we can begin to step out in him. So I think most of us communicate, don't we, by hearing. So most of our communication on a daily basis is through our ears, isn't it, and through our eyes. So I think actually probably they're the two senses that God most uses when he speaks to us, and so I'm going to concentrate on those, but we are going to look at all of them. So... Let's have a little look first at our ears, because I think that's the way we mainly hear each other when we speak to each other, so our ears. So, as I've already said, I think we can hear the audible voice of God. It's never happened to me personally, but you can hear, the Bible's very clear, isn't it, that we can hear the audible voice of God. So, I've already mentioned Paul on the road to Damascus, falling on the ground, and he hears the voice of God saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Matthew 4 Verse 16 and 17 again, when Jesus is baptized, he hears the audible voice of God again. This is my beloved son with who I am well pleased. And I was thinking, actually, Jesus didn't hear the audible voice of God all the while when he was walking around on earth, did he? In fact, he went and prayed. He often heard the quiet voice of God. He's often heard to say, I do what I see my father doing. There's definitely a sense in there of God. He is communing with God all the while and hearing God and listening to him. And so I think He's our model, isn't he, of how we relate to God. So he was hearing God on a, on a, on a regular basis. So um, I will mention um, the prophetic conference in Bedford a few times just because that's where lots of my more dramatic experiences of God have happened. But um, I went to a prophetic conference at the King's Arms Church in Bedford, which is part of our family of churches. And um, it was an amazing time of worship. We were all entering in. And suddenly, it was as if, as if 500 people had just walked in at the back of the room and just started harmonizing over the top of what we were singing. And I started looking around at the people I was with, thinking, is anyone else hearing this? Is this me? And um, not everyone in the room heard it, but I definitely, it was, it was a choir of an- as if a choir of angels had just walked into the room and this absolutely beautiful singing. And I mean, the presence of God in that room was unbelievable. I mean, people were getting saved, people falling on the floor and... Um, I think what I want to emphasize all the way through this is we're not, we're not seeking the experiences. We're not seeking, we're seeking God, aren't we? And as we seek God, this stuff just happens. Okay, but I, I mean, I was thinking of kind of biblical basis for that. Zephaniah 3.17 says God sings over us, doesn't it? And it was just this amazing choir of angels singing over us. I haven't heard that in our worship times. I'd absolutely love it if a choir of angels walks in here as we're singing later and we hear, um, but just such a, it just enlarged for me the sense of um, just who God is and this is heaven and the glory of heaven. Oh, you're right, Mary. <laughs> okay, next um, slide. So we can audibly hear God, okay? I think actually, in practice, a lot of the ways we hear God are through our inner ears or these eyes of the heart, which um, Jamie brilliantly already alluded to. So Ephesians 1 verse 18, which the children have already read to us, but I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order to know the hope to which he has called you. So this idea that we have eyes in our heart, we can see God through. I was, sorry, I'm doing here. I always kind of feel my eyes on my heart here. I don't know where they are. But when I hear God, I kind of feel like it's around here somewhere. Okay, we've got these inner oars, inner ears. So it's not audible. You're not actually hearing it. But we are hearing it because in our spirits, we're hearing something from God. So I'm sure you've all been in those situations where, um, I'm trying to think when I was doing a... Um, God, I did a gap year in the church one year, and I kept going for these job interviews, and God kept saying to me, I don't want you to teach next year, I want you to work for church. And I was like, nope, I'm not hearing that, because I won't have any money. So I kept going for these job interviews, I kept not getting them. And every time, I was like, I know God is telling me I'm not meant to be going for these interviews, but I obviously 
was growing in my obedience at this point that he was having to shut the doors. But you know, when you know these things, don't you? I know I need to go and talk to that person. I was thinking, actually, in the persecuted church, I think sometimes people are better at this because actually they're relying on God for their safety, aren't they? So God will say, don't walk down that street. And they walk down the street and then they find out there was a someone down there about to arrest them. But actually, we need to get alive to this again, don't we, in our safe, nice Western world. Actually, we need to get alive to this inner voice of God who is speaking to us and telling us things. So um, I was thinking, actually, we're really good at hearing Satan sometimes, aren't we? So Satan is the father of lies. John 8, verse 44 says he's um, the father of lies. Another, I haven't actually got this book with me, but another book plug. If you've not read Dave Holden, uh, Battle for the Mind, he talks about how Satan comes like little aeroplanes landing on our landing strips. And he's like, you're a useless mum. You're really horrible. No one likes you. You're really awful at your job. All these little like, thoughts that Satan just saw in a shop. Sometimes you think, oh, I could just walk out the door and steal this. And I think, oh, but that's not, there's Satan just planting these little lies. I'm the only one, am I? (laughs) Satan planting these little lies in your head as you're there. And actually, we need to tune out of him. We need to tune into God, don't we? Because actually God is speaking equally as loud to us. And I think we're very good at hearing all the negative, his lies, his stuff that condemns us. And actually, we need to tune into the voice of God again, don't we? And we need to be good at helping each other in that. And actually, sometimes it's really hard to hear God. If you're in a really difficult situation, actually, we need each other prophesying over each other, don't we? And bringing the word of God each other to hear. Okay, next slide. So, so I was saying, I think ears and eyes are our tune. When we're talking to someone, we're kind of interacting as well, aren't you? Seeing people's faces. I hate talking to people on the phone because you can't see their face, can you? You don't know whether actually they're smiling or they... Anyway, so we use our eyes as well, don't we, to, to um, talk to each other. So... Pictures and visions then. So I think, again, we can physically see things in God. So the whole of the book of Revelation is a trance that John was in the trance. John um, had this experience. He was awake, so he was conscious, but God was kind of using his, I don't know, I always think of him almost being in a drug-induced trance. It's probably not very big, but he was like, he's in a trance where he saw this stuff and God kind of took him through. And again, Peter in Acts 10, verse 10, he was... It says um, Peter was hungry, he wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice said to him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. So again, he's awake, he's hungry, okay, but it's a vision. God, it's not just a kind of a moment, but God comes and gives him a, he sees this whole thing unfolding before him and God speaking to him. I've been reading about the Welsh revivals this week. If you want to get into, if you want your heart to be stirred about wanting the presence of God, read the stuff in the Welsh revivals because it's amazing. Um, so lots of examples, again, of people seeing angels. So there was these two old ladies in Monmouthshire who prayed day and night for these revivals. They were prayer warriors. They just began to see the um, armies of the angels of God gathering around the hills around where they lived. And actually, in the days and months to come, they saw the presence of God came. They saw people saved, people convicted of sin so that was a physical thing they saw again we're not seeking these experiences we're seeking God but actually it was God confirming to them what he was doing and then they saw the presence of God came Joseph Jenkins in 1903 now he was a minor he started preaching the gospel he was rubbish people saying he was awful he preached everyone fell asleep they hated him well not hated him but he wasn't seeing much fruit okay and one night he was praying um, just getting into the presence of God actually if we have the next um slide I'll read it to you so this is from his um 
a bit written about him. He says, getting up from his knees, he became aware of a blue flame which had enshrouded him and was rhythmically going on and off for some time. It was an experience he would never forget and could only be taken as a visible sign of the intense spiritual communion which he enjoyed with God. Can you imagine praying so much and so hard that God physically puts a blue flame all over your body? I mean, I think it's just a, a tangible sign, again, that he physically saw and he knew he'd met with God. And actually, as a result of that, his preaching, he started to see thousands saved, especially young people, actually, I don't know why, but he saw thousands and thousands of young people give their lives to God through that encounter with God. So it's an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And again, we're looking for fruit, aren't we? We're looking for good fruit from these experiences. So he began to see lots of people saved and added to the church. So I am just going to, next slide as well again, John. So I'm just going to talk through a little bit of practicalities about our eyes. Okay, so actually I think this is a primary way that God speaks to me quite a lot. So I'll say a little bit about it. So I quite often will get up in front and say I've had a picture. So what is a picture? So in my head I will see kind of a cartoon scene. Sometimes that moves, sometimes that's still. Often I don't know what it means to start off with. Usually I have to pray about it a bit. It might be two or three songs before God begins to like kind of un unpack what he's saying someone else might actually bring something in the worship and I think oh yeah that's what God's saying to me and it kind of in fact actually I think prophetic quite often works in team you someone will say something and then someone else will be oh yeah that means that and I'll um so quite often it will take me a while to understand what it means sometimes the scenes will move and I'll kind of so I'm not sure I'm at the vision stage but definitely my 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 pictures will move a bit and God will begin to unravel them I quite often and if I so say I quite often am then asking God is this for me Quite often, if it's me, I feel quite peaceful about it. If it's for someone else, I quite often just feel like a, I don't know, like I, a sensation I've got to share it. Like if I don't share it and I go home, I will just not be able to, like I feel like I'm bursting with it. So I'm quite often asking God, when do you want me to share it? Is it for now? Is it for later? But this kind of just listening to the Holy Spirit, learning when to share, whether to share it. So sometimes as well, you might see me, I know I'm a bit weird. Sometimes I feel like God wants me to bring some words over the congregation. And I'll kind of go and stand at the side of the room and start looking at everyone. But actually, that's because I feel like God wants to say. So sometimes I'll see words written over people. So physically, I might see joy over Andrea's head and God will start to give me a picture. Um, sometimes I will see the Holy Spirit hovering over someone. So again, that would be physical. So I might see over Andy's head. I might see the air start to go a bit fuzzy. Um, or I might just be drawn to Jill and actually God says, actually, I want you to pray for Jill and start trying to get a word for her. Um, again, when we're praying for people, just really practically keep your eyes open. Um, you'll see, I mean, I am the queen of manifesting under the Holy Spirit. So it's quite obvious if the Holy Spirit is on me because my children are always like, Mum, you're so embarrassing because I will start moving and shaking. And some people, nothing happens, actually. Don't need to move for the Holy Spirit to be on you. But watch people's eyelashes. Sometimes their eyelashes just start fluttering. Sometimes you just see the presence of God coming on them. They might start crying. Actually, sometimes there's tangible signs, isn't it, that the Holy Spirit is um, on them. Prophetic art. I am not an artist, but actually Olivia Baker down at um, Cottom, she quite often sits in the up meetings and paints. And go and look what she's painting, because quite often they're really prophetic, really powerful paintings that she's doing, just in the spirit of God. Um, Nick and I, Nick was at, uh, um, I think you were there actually. Anyway, one, again, one of the um, prophetic conferences at the King's Arms. Nick's a scientist, I'm a humanities student, just uh, our different experience of these two things. But we had a whole room set up with props and we were to walk in and kind of experience all this different stuff. I loved it. I like poetry, I like all this 
my scientific brain perhaps wasn't as keen, but um, they just had lots of things. So there were rocks where you got to go and pick a rock and write stuff on it. There was a rowing boat. You got to go and sit in it. And there was lots of like bits of scripture. They had a throne. They had a broken mirror. And actually, God met with me in that room because, okay, there were bits of scripture that they'd taken. But I went and just sat, I can't even remember, sat in this rowing boat and God spoke to me about stuff. This rock, I've still got the rock um, in my house at home. We were going through a particularly difficult time um, in our lives at that time. And God uh, gave me a, a verse of scripture that I wrote on this rock. And I kind of stuck it on my and. I now have my promise living in my house as well as my rock. So actually, God speaks physically, doesn't he, and gives us things that can be prophetic um, reminders to us. Okay, sometimes God speaks to us through things that we're wearing. So actually, Maggie's got a lovely scarf on. I don't know why I just saw that. But actually, God might speak to you through something people are wearing. So look at what they're wearing. Ask God if they want to say something. And as I said, keep your eyes open because actually, often as you're praying, they're reacting to the Holy Spirit. And if you are watching what they're doing, God may well speak to you. Okay, next slide. Some of the slightly more unusual senses, but the Bible is very clear that God does speak to us through our other senses as well. And we, as we said at the start, we want to grow into maturity, don't we? So we want all of this. I want as much of the Holy Spirit as we can get. So 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. So this idea there's a fragrance of Christ. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? Actually, we could smell Christ. Um, Revelation 5 verse 8, this is again, it's another one of my favorite verses in the Bible, but it talks about our prayers being like incense before God. It's this whole idea that actually God smells as we pray. He smells in our prayers. He smells in the incense of what we're doing. Again, sorry, I said I'd go keep going back to the uh, King's Arms because this is where some of my more dramatic experiences have happened. But um, this wasn't in worship. This was in seminars one morning. Loads of people started smelling burning. And they were like, they were checking the, um, I can't think of what the word is, fire detectors. In fact, they nearly called the fire brigade, but they were checking everything out. There definitely wasn't a fire. And someone said, maybe this is God. Maybe this smell actually is the presence of God. And when we started praying, it was just, it was the holy fire of God. It was the smell of the holy fire of God in that place. And people got healed. People were being met with. People were being, um, yeah, it was the presence of God. Okay, so slightly unusual experience, but actually having our senses open if God is there. Um, lots of, again, it's all testimonial, but um, just experiences of people smelling the fragrance of God in services. So people worshipping and just smelling this sweet perfume. Someone described it like the smell of cinnamon. Other people um, that were reading just said they saw kind of angels standing around the room kind of pouring out these perfumes in the room. But just get our senses involved, actually. If God is there, he wants to make his presence known, doesn't he? And um, we can smell the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Sometimes a bit smelly in a school hall, isn't it, when you're meeting church? So quite fancy the fragrance of God. Okay, next one. Feeling then. So another one of our senses, we can also feel the presence of God, can't we? So um, I was reading Luke 8, verses 43 and 46. I know, really famous story, but where the woman who's been bleeding for 40 years is it touches the um, cloak of Jesus. And he says, who's touched me? He knows that power has gone out of him. Now, he was in a, a crowd. People were pressing on him. He was being pushed. People were touching him all the while. But yet that woman touched him and took power from him. And he knew that power had gone out from him. So I think just this whole idea, I could shake Mark's hand and that would be physical touch. But actually, I lay my hands on him and pray for the Holy Spirit to come. And there's a very different physical touch, isn't there, whether we can impart something 
in the spirit. So I don't know if you've ever prayed for healing for someone and you've done it for my hand has started to get really hot where the presence of God has begun to come. Quite often that part of someone's body will begin to get really warm, won't it? Just to, again, I don't think it's just because my hands are hot, but because it's a tangible sign that the spirit of God is coming and he is doing something, he is healing people. I know my husband, Ben, suffers with bad back and he, Terry Virgo, prayed for him for his bad back and he physically felt his leg grow as he was praying for him. He said it wasn't a particularly pleasant experience, but he felt kind of his, his leg grow as God moves in the Holy Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 8, talks about words of knowledge. Uh, so if you don't know what word of knowledge is, it's something that you can't tangibly know about something unless um, God tells you. So um, I don't think Graham's here. I had a word of knowledge once. Um, poor Graham won't go anywhere near me now. But um, one morning in the meeting, I felt there was someone in the meeting who really didn't like cheese. And to be honest, I thought it was such a daft thing. I was like, I'm never going to say it. And actually, um, Graham said, you've been praying that day. God, I will get saved if you tell me something about myself that no one can know. He hates cheese. I stood up and said it. He gave his life to Christ. So um, God can tell us stuff about people that we don't know, okay? Um, so want to pray for that. Again, with, I think actually, especially with healing, that can be a physical pain. So you might be standing in the meeting, suddenly your arm starts hurting. You think, well, I haven't done anything to make my arm hurt. But actually, there might be God saying, I want to heal people's arms in this room today. And he will use our physical bodies to speak to us about um, what he wants to heal or do that day. Again, I've kind of put this in feeling. I'm not quite sure what it went. But again, um, I was being prayed for for healing personally. I didn't actually physically get healed that day. But again, it's quite a difficult time in our lives. And, and the girl who's praying for me was like, open your eyes and have a look. My hands were absolutely covered in gold dust. Now, I'd, to be honest, I'd hold of it, heard of it and thought it was a bit weird. I was like, I don't really want my hands covered in dust. But actually, the power of God and the, just the sense of how much I was worth to God because he'd covered my hands in gold really kind of was a really um, powerful thing for me at that time in my life. And I, other meetings where people get gold teeth, again, not something I'm particularly into, but <laughs> again, it's tangible presence of God, isn't it? People, um, God touching their physical body too. And I'm sure actually if I got a gold tooth, that would be gold, God just touching us in a way, isn't it, that we need um, to feel. So he can do tangible things in our bodies. Next slide, then taste. Again, not one that I think is quite as... Frequently, well, especially in the Western world, we don't see it happen as frequently. But again, very biblical that this stuff can happen. So Ezekiel 3, verses 1 to uh, 3 says, And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll and then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me a scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your mouth with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. So just this whole idea that he was a prophet, Ezekiel was prophesying, but God was using his spiritual, uh, not his spiritual senses, his actual senses, his sense of taste to kind of intensify what he was saying to him and help him just prophesy with greater power what he wanted to say. Again, in Revelation, John 10 verse 10, it says, I took the scroll from the angel's hand and I ate it. It tasted sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I'd eaten it, my stomach turned sour. So just again, God might want to use your sense of taste to speak to you. And again, just reading people's testimonials, people are saying actually sometimes they'll taste something really sweet and they've not been eating or taste something really salty in a meeting and they've not been eating. Just being aware, God might want to speak through that. He might be doing something um, around us. I've added, uh, next slide then, I've added a sixth sense as well. A little bit of, uh, but I think actually God uses our subconscious, doesn't he? So our dreams, I just thought it was an important 
um, way in which God speaks, and so we need you to look at it. So I'm not a big dreamer. I think I've had kind of one real prophetic dream when I would know it was God, and it was about the church, and God gave me something that I brought to the elders. I still would remember that really powerfully now. I might have had prophetic, other prophetic dreams that I've not tuned into, but I think actually there's other people um, in the church who, are, who do have a lot of dreams, and it has really affected um, people's lives. So just looking biblically then, God obviously uses Joseph as the big dreamer, isn't he, and the big interpreter of dreams, but um, dreams are sometimes warnings. So then Pharaoh with the seven healthy cows and seven starving ones, obviously Joseph comes and interprets that for him, and it helps them um, get ready for famine. Dreams in that predict the future. This one didn't obviously go very well for Joseph when he shared it, but the whole idea of the sheaves of grain bowing down to his, but obviously it did eventually come true and his brothers did have to bow down to him. Dreams then reveal hidden situations. So I was thinking of Matthew 1 verse 20 when Joseph is not going to marry Mary because she is pregnant and actually an angel appears to him in his dream, doesn't he? And says, this um, woman is with child from the Holy Spirit. You are to marry her. And obviously we know the rest of the story. So... Again, just testimonials, um, there was a lady, um, again, in this church in Bedford who had a dream about some abuse that she felt. It was a family that they knew, some abuse that God just revealed to her in a dream. Of course, you've got to be really careful with that, just going phoning the police, I've had a dream, I think there. But actually, she um, kind of prayed about it a lot, got in touch with some people, other people who knew the family, and actually there were some other people who were worried, and they, um, they hoped that, and actually, when um, the social workers went into that family, they did actually find some horrendous sexual abuse going on in that family and these children were suffering and God used a dream to open that up and to save these children from um, horrible situations. So I think we just need to be open to that, don't we? And some of you might dream every night, but just actually dreams that you remember, dreams that have got real impact in them, pray about them in the morning. Um, Susha, who is not here at the moment, but she's your woman to ask if you want to know about dreaming because she has a lot of very um, powerful dreams and she's very good at saying, oh, I think that's God. Well, that's not God. She'll always answer your males out in Singapore. Um, dreams that convert again, I know, especially among Muslims, and there are lots of um, stories of Muslims dreaming of Jesus, never heard of Jesus before, and getting converted. So I think God uses our dreams. Okay, how are we doing for time? So, how do we tune in? Then quickly, I'm going to get you all to do some practical stuff in a minute, so you need to listen. <laughs> okay, so really practically, how do we tune in more to God? Well, we believe in baptism of the Holy Spirit, don't we? So we believe in conversion, believe in baptism in water, and baptism in the Holy Spirit. So if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'd love to pray for you this morning. I think, actually, as I said, you can hear God without being filled by the Holy Spirit. He talks to non-Christians, but actually... Part of the fruit of that filling of the Spirit is we have a closer relationship with God and we can hear him more. Praying in tongues, again, if you don't speak in tongues, I'd love to pray for you. For me, I feel like it's a key, especially if I'm having a real dry patch in God. If I start praying in tongues more, just get before God and spend time. The Bible says it edifies us, it builds us up, doesn't it? It just helps us tune in. Spend time with God. At one point in my life, I used to spend some time um, kind of just laying in God's presence with worship music on. I fall asleep if I do that now because I've got two young children. But actually, it's a really good thing to do. Just spend time immersing yourself with God. Read your Bible. That's our guidebook for all of this, isn't it? All prophetic has got to line up to the word. So actually, the better you know your Bible, the more you're going to be able to prophesy. And obviously, obviously, God often uses um, the verses of the Bible to speak to us. I think we need to take risks. Like I was saying, you've got to step out. You've got to go and order your baguette for the first time in your boulangerie. You've got to do stuff that actually is not out of your, is out of your comfort zone. Okay? And we prophesy in part, don't we? So 1 Corinthians 13 says we prophesy in part. So actually, you're never going to get it all right. We're not going to know it all. So step out. The other people will weigh it. The body of Christ will weigh it. 
um, the individual who you're giving it to needs to weigh it, but we need to have a go and be obedient then to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. I think we need to pray for more gifts among us. I do that regularly. I know loads of other people do, but actually God tells us to earnestly seek the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 14, especially the gift of prophecy. Let's pray, ask God to do it. And God, if we're seeking God for things, he'll give us good stuff when he won't. It says if we ask for the Holy Spirit, he won't give us a snake. He will give us good things. Hang out with people who are good, good at it. Hang out with people who like prophesying. It's a good way to learn, isn't it? Get trained. Attend one of these prophetic conferences. As I said, I've been to the King's Arms quite a few times, but I think there's other places that do it as well. You don't have to be a prophet to go. Go and hang out. Go and hear what's going on. I think also try and find out how you hear God best. So for me, actually, prayer meetings are one of the best possible places for me to hear God. I often find when I'm praying, I hear God. For others, that will be different things. I think we want to create a culture as well in our church, don't we, of having a go. We want to be good at just... We're going to get it wrong. I'm going to get it wrong. Other people are going to get it wrong. But actually, we need to love each other in that. We need to be really good at at honoring people for stepping out and having a go at doing it. Um, So just quick, the pitfalls, last one. So I keep saying this. We're seeking God, not the experience, aren't we? So I'm not desperate for gold in my hands again, but I am desperate for more of God. We're desperate for more of the Holy Spirit. So as I said, that's what we're seeking. We're seeking God. The Bible is our our guidebook then. All prophecy needs to be in line with scripture, doesn't it? So new Christian at uni, someone in the church, older guy came up to me and said, God's told me when Jesus is coming again. Even as a new Christian, I was like, "Mm," but okay, it's got to line up with scripture. So God is not going to tell someone when Jesus is coming again because the Bible clearly says no one will know. So everything's got to line up with scripture. Okay, prophecy should edify, shouldn't it? It should bring us closer to Jesus. It should convict us of a sin. Shouldn't, you shouldn't come away feeling condemned. Okay, it's, it's, to, it's to build our relationship. I think watch our motives again. It's really easy if you're praying for someone in a difficult, difficult situation. Try not to just kind of prophesy out of compassion what you'd like to happen. Try and hear God. Try and keep our emotions out of it. I'm emotional, so I have to really watch it. But you have to just try and hear, hear God. I said before, didn't I? Satan is the father of lies, but his word brings life and God has promised good things when we seek him not a snake I think if you're unsure share with others before you share I often do this especially if it's a difficult situation there's the whole thing don't prophesy about birth death and marriage but actually God sometimes does speak about these things but I think you need to be really wise about that actually those prophecies can really help people but go and talk to the elders first go and talk to other people don't just kind of bring stuff um, especially if it's of a more sensitive nature and I think be thankful for the little things, okay? And God, if we're obedient with the little bits we get, then God will give us more, don't we? They were praying at the King's Arms Church for deaf ears to be opened. And they were praying and praying. This was what they really felt that they were praying. And then they heard that the church down the road, not particularly charismatic, someone had been healed and had their ears opened. And the guy was like, oh, so annoyed. And he was like, actually, no, that's what we've been praying for. And God has done it. Not in our church, but actually the glory is God's, isn't it? It's not ours. So just... Um, being thankful for what God does when we're praying for this stuff.